Cool. Well, uh, actually, you've probably had quite a bit of time off, haven't you, in terms of um, shows and stuff? Yeah, well, we've had, had more time off than we might have liked, I think. Like, we were supposed to be off to Texas. You were Texas supposed to go. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Just yeah. hoping the rest didn't get cancelled. But, I mean, there's, there's been sort of a lot of press stuff, and you realize sort of all the stuff that you... Because we, we always like to keep our hand on everything, really. Like, yeah. we want to do the tube artwork and stuff like that. We want to do the billboards, and we want to do the flyers, and we want to design all the records and stuff. Yeah. So, I think there's, there's enough stuff for us to be getting on with. Yeah, and yeah, just doing sure. kind of demoing and stuff like that in the house. So we've, yeah. all, we've all moved in, so there's been that kind of whole process over the last three weeks. Okay. We've just sort of kept ourselves wrecked. For, you, know, you never have to think too much about how little you're doing. It's just a, a minor miracle that you're all loving each other and, and working beautifully together. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> you, wait, you wait till we fight. I always remember that. You watch Peep Show. Yeah. I've That's seen where I've seen yeah. You've seen the one where like, Jazz is fighting about kind of royalties on like that FIFA soundtrack for a hundred quid or something like that. <laughs> yeah. like a football montage together. Mm. That's where I see it in about six months. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously the album's coming out very soon. It's brilliant. Oh, right. thanks very much. Well, a lot of the tracks I haven't heard before. So, um, yeah, nice. And it's your baby. So I guess you're really looking forward to that coming out to Big Wide World, hearing it for the first time. First album must a kind of a different different kind of anticipation and excitement building up. Yeah, I should imagine. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's the first time we've got the chance to do something that's sort of a, a bit a bit more narrative, you know. Yeah. But I think it's you probably hear it in the first first track and the last track have both got this line in it like if you want to find love, you can always go to London kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it feels like a kind of summary of the the journey we've been on, I think. So we all lived in a house in Harleston in northwest London mm-hmm. together. And we yeah. moved out when because I think last year we did something like 150 tour dates, so like every other night basically. Yeah. So it didn't really make sense to rent a house because we're always away. Yeah. So we moved out and sort of slept in rehearsal rooms for like six to a room kind of thing for about a year, which is awful. Now we're finally back. I think the sort of whole deep down happy thing is the kind of like weighing up: is this the dream sort of stuff? Is this all right? Or do we still friends? Do we yeah. like this? Or are we living in some kind of like young professional hellscape in Camberwell where we're <laughs> Thing with like overnight oats in the fridge and always doing a workout routine and things like that. I don't know. Um, here's the thing: it's been out already for a while. Um, can you can you talk us through that particular song though? I was, I, was, I just love the the lyrics on that. Yeah, so that one is. Um, we were sort of like knocking about. We were touring in the US. We we're all sitting in the vans, but obviously reading the news where election coverage was coming in and things like that. Brexit was happening, mm. and we sort of like. I think everyone sort of became a bit frustrated by this like tendency to have sort of a legitimate view of who's going to get hurt. You have to say something to get kind of a, an extreme poll. You have to have like a very absolutist view, but especially on social media. Yeah. You see a lot of that. And I think it's sort of, um, so it's sort of doing like, like quite a challenging, like sardonic. Uh, got some great lines in there. If the band doesn't work, just get a regular job. That was, that, well, that was, that one was actually, the, the, the way I was running sort of about, um, we lived there, even before Halston, me, Rob and Ollie had a house together in sort of like Queen's Park, Westwood, but like just off the Harriet Road kind of thing. Yeah. And there were all these, like, it was down the Regent's Canal, which you basically like walk all through London on. It's really good, like, go to sort of Little Venice first, then you get to Camden, you can walk all the way, like, to the centre down it, basically. It's a long way from Halston. And there were all these, I'm sure it was just sort of a, a dead river, basically. Yeah. And there were all these, like, commuters that would come out to work and just sort of fish on it. Mm. It always seemed like this kind of bizarre, like, aimless thing that these 
fishing for nothing kind of thing. Yeah. That's one of the things I miss about London, because I lived there for a few years, the canal system. I do actually love the canal system in London. Yeah, me too. It's good. It's good. Which your regions, man, what's the Grand Union one? It's always good. Like, me and Rob are very into walking. Mm. I think we always had, like, like I think a lot of kids that sort of grew up in towns rather than cities. Um, yeah. You get to London, you've got a sort of sense of skatism to it. So all we do for the first week, like pick a direction and walk in it as far as we could possibly go. We walked in central London to St Albans in the first weekend, like yeah. 20 miles or something, came back with like bleeding feet. <laughs> it was sort of like a bit of a yearning to it. And what, what's the process uh, in terms of the seeds of the idea of a song? How, do, how does it pan out from there? How does it work? Um, it'll, be, it'll be Rob who, who will come up with sort of the main idea basically, and then we sort of like workshop it as the band I suppose yeah I think it's one of those things it's always like um, I'm sort of aware that like there's a lot of our charm like the impurities of it it's like there's mistakes and things like that and we suddenly got to this stage where because when we first started playing genuinely none of us could play our instruments so we went to the studio and you know, we had no idea what we were doing yeah and now we can I've been doing it for a few years like we're professional musicians and so it's trying to maintain all those sort of like rough edges and like the unpredictability that gives it all that charm but trying to actually consciously do that from a yeah. musician point of view mm-hmm. which has been quite different on this album but yeah and we work with a guy called Burke Reed on it as well so he helps you know, I did a bit of pre-production with him but he's just like really like very good very committed but he doesn't use any of the sort of studio tricks everything is sort of played live as well and if that means doing like 200 takes of something that, like that's what he'll do and no one actually wants to hear a tight band live no one wants no. to hear like a true rendition of the song yeah but I think I think you do get a lot of that like speaks to our mates in bands and stuff you know but the sort of starting point was they'd be like making singles in their bedroom they'd be doing the recording first and then it'd be like right I've got to learn to play live yeah um, and for us it's always sort of been the other way around like we didn't even put tracks out for ages so I just go and play for parties yeah and then we had to sort of learn how to record. Now we're like, hopefully getting a bit better at it. And and the fact that you do have an American kind of influence to your sound, kind of a bit, you know, quite raucous, driving. You've obviously name-checked people like Pavement. And, it's like Iggy Pop, Parking Courts, and people like that. What is it that draws the band to the kind of, that kind of sound? It's, it just feels sort of like alive and like, I think in, a, in a way, like live shows sort of needs to be a bit confrontational. There's something very sort of primal about that. And so to come back at it with like a hard riff, you know, I played with a lot of spirit. So just a bit about the roots of the band, if I may. I know that you all went to Cambridge University, I think. Some of you met there. That's where you decided to set up a band. And uh, you just one day decided you wanted to, you know, be in a band. So you wrote a song and, you know, just went into a studio, I guess. Is that, is that basically what happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that, if only it was sort of that simple. I think it's like, we, we probably more than anyone, you, like, you like to give the impression that you sort of sorted towards it, sort of thing. Yeah. But actually, like, a lot of it's been, it's like, I remember, like, just having jobs in London and stuff like that and coming back and sort of driving through the ice to get back to rehearse till four in the morning, have two hours of sleep and, like, get back into work and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's always been sort of like a lot of graft, and then we got the label quite a lot later. But we always just sort of did it for the love of it. Like we'd 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 be sort of like the weird kids, you know, like who would sit around like this to pavement. So it's not it's not cool for like a song music. We're sort of very aware of that. So I think that's what we all bonded over, like this love of it. We're not like we're not musicians, and I think that's no. what maybe we are now. But like it's always been sort of a big part of the appeal, like the kind of kids he had. Like hang on your wall, you'd have like my first Fender kind of thing. You might talk yourself. 
ACDC back in black from like the YouTube tutorials and things like when you're 16 and then sort of left it. People have been focusing a lot on the on the lyrics on the you know when you're, you're talking about the sort of everyday the ordinary the mundanity of life and that sort of thing. Can you just sort of explain? what it is that attracts you uh, to write about these sort of things. It's always a very fine line to strike because we've got a sort of young fan base, like it's kids, I think, 16 year olds and stuff. Yeah. Like we talk about sort of the thing and actually like hopefully we think it is kind of like it's subtly challenging lyrics. Like we meet our fans now, the most switched on people who are like way more switched on than we were when we were like 15, 16. Do you think so? Think, yeah, I really do. I think a lot of them sort of heard enough that yeah, like fuck Boris style politics, but I think that ultimately means that I think the press often's got a problem where as soon as you've got a kid fan base, you become yeah. like people start writing about you as like cheeky funsters or whatever it is, like uh-huh. kooky wacko sports team kind of thing. It's like really, is that really what we are? Because we've just like got a young fan base, and it's quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's always, always like always a fine line. For us, it's kind of what we're trying to create is like harky back to. We remember all these like formative experiences we had as kids. Like, yeah. Talk about sort of seeing Woo Life and Egyptian hip hop and stuff like that, where you're having like your first beer, yeah. coming out of a mosh pit, and like your dead kids tell you mate, you've got a black eye and stuff like that. <laughs> and we see these kids in front of us, and it's they're having the same sort of formative experiences around seeing a band, which is incredible. 